I mean, it'd have to be Paul DeWaitis. If I met him. All right, bro. It's good to be home. I'm glad we're back. That song was wonderful. He leadeth me. That's pretty well. Me and Mike didn't work together. That's pretty well my whole message tonight. Um, his faithful follower I would be. I want to follow my Lord in all things. I I mean it. There's a that what you read, there's a one more verse and that ends a paragraph. Everybody stops short from right before the end of that paragraph. That goes with it too. That goes with it. He's written his law on our hearts, on his people's hearts. And I would. <laughs> Brother David Evanson I think, wrote an article called I Ought. Oh, all the things I ought out of a debt of gratitude, out of a debt of love. Just reasonable. I ought to do. I ought to do. But he leadeth me. He's a faithful follower. I would be for by his hand he leadeth me. How are we going to follow him? Take us by the hand. He's going to say, come on. He's going to lead us in. All right, brother. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to be looking at verses 12 through 19 as our text this morning. But there's so much in this passage. There's so much we can't glean at all. Uh, and if I were to preach this, and other men preached it, we had 50 faithful men here to preach, and we all preach the same text day in and day out for a month, we, we ain't going to scratch the surface. It's precious. But I thought I'd shelled some pinto beans the other day, just a few of them that dried on the vine and in the pod. And I just had one little handful. And I thought, you know what? That's just what one person could eat. If we could, out of this text, if we could get just a one handful of crumbs from our master's table, do you think that would sustain us one more day? you think that would keep us? I hope he'd be with us. In John chapter 8, our Lord begins this chapter setting down at the temple early in the morning. He rose up early in the morning. He went and sat. and He taught those that came to hear him again. They come again. Then they come one more time. And then they come after that. And then they come again. To hear his words. And after speaking with them, they brought a woman caught in adultery. She was caught in the very act. He dealt with those accusers for an individual. Oh, that's not a broad blanket. Christ died for everybody and he just pretty pleased, pleased love to save you. He dealt with the accusers, multiple accusers, of a single individual. We partly quote scriptures all the time, don't we? We quote parts of scriptures. We quote, quote halves of scriptures. Read here, look here in John 8 verse 7. End of verse 7. He quote, looks at those accusers. He said, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. At her. You think that's important that that's there? God's preserved it for 2,000 years. I think it's important. He speaks of His bride individually. Individually. He defends her individually. Salvation is an individual act of a holy God toward undeserving people. Aren't you thankful? That's something. The Lord stooped down again. He wrote on the ground. Then the Pharisees, they left one by one. These accusers, these ones that brought this woman 
to him. They left one by one. Verse 10 says, And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where art thou thine, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No, man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Now there's going to be a listing after that. There's a colon there. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Light had entered this woman. She was given eyes to see, and the presence of light was about her. It had entered her. She had, she had the eyes that the Lord gave, and she saw Christ right in front of her. She understood in several ways the value of her soul. For the first time ever, it was really important to her. More important than anything else. More important than scuba diving. More important than bungee jumping. More important than than yard sales. More important than a football game. More important than anything else. For the first time, her soul had value. And for the first time, she saw what the value of that soul held. How good am I? She knew she was bad. She was just caught in adultery, wasn't it? Well, the Holy Spirit brought her all the way down. (laughs) Almighty God and human flesh right in front of her brought her down. And she knew, in my hand, no price I bring. This is important and I have no price. She knew something of the power, the holiness, the character of the God-man that saved her that stood right in front of her. That physically saved her from getting stoned by these religious folks. But she knew something of His power as the God-man. And she had an understanding. And that new mind put in her that has eyes, that has ears. (laughs) She heard Him. She saw Him. Light was there. It wasn't in darkness. And she had a mind that understood, a heart that, that received Him. And had an expectation, a certain hope for eternity. She had a hope for that day. And she knew that when she stood to meet her maker again, (laughs) that transaction took care of. There's a peace inside her she's never had. When the Lord said she was not condemned, He told her, go and sin no more. Does that mean she never sinned again? That this is conditional on her never sending again. Of course it doesn't. What's he saying? Go. Never seek to justify yourself again. Go. Never attempt to make yourself righteous again. Go. And worship God for the first time ever. <laughs> Quit going to church and worship God. So he's told her. Quit playing and, and, and just going into buildings and wearing phylacteries where they got verses wrote on all over their garments and stuff. Just knock that off and you worship God. Meet with His people. You're a sheep. Sheep need other sheep. Be with them. Because the Lord said He's going to gather them. Was He lying when He said He'd gather His sheep? He wasn't lying, was He? We know better, don't we? He said, you go and walk this world as a person that knows who you are. I know the sinner that I am every time I leave that door. It's not oblivious to me. It goes to the back of my mind sometimes and I start thinking what a wonderful person I am. And now if everybody's just like me, the world would be a great place. And the Lord brings me back to know what I am. I know what I am. And I know who I am and I know whose I am. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And the Almighty God sent His Son to be the propitiation for my sin, to be that accepted bloody sacrifice for me, a worm like me. 
I've seen that. He's made me hear that. He's made me hold that in my heart. And I know every word He has promised shall come to pass. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He says, go and sin no more. You think she left? You think she went? You think she obeyed her Lord that just saved her? She called Him Lord, didn't she? She knew who, she, this wasn't just a, I didn't get hit in the head with a rock today. Christ is going to teach those there some more. They saw all this, they're going to teach him some more. He's about to tell them something about himself. He's going to te- speak of himself. He speaks of himself to us. If we're going to know him, he's going to have to teach us something, isn't he? We're going to know a person, we're going to know something about that person. He's teaching them here in this text and us something. And then He's going to give a word about His people. And then a word about those that are not His people. Now you imagine sitting there in this temple early that morning. You got up to go hear this man again. And He sits down on the steps of that temple. And He begins to teach as He did teach. Imagine Him reading the Scriptures. He's the one that wrote it. And then here comes this woman, snatched up underneath the arm, drug by a bunch of legalists, and said, we caught her in the very act. And of course they butchered the law, as always. They stopped short and didn't read God's Word with any understanding whatsoever. And this woman came, and everybody there just got real quiet. Somebody's disrupting the church service. People have stormed in, (laughs) causing the scene. (laughs) He attacks those accusers. Those ones that are attacking her, he just shuts them down. Stops them dead in their tracks. And he looks at this woman and everybody there knows she's guilty. (laughs) She knows she's guilty. We know she's guilty because she's just like us. And he says, I don't condemn you. Where's your accusers? You ain't got none. Go and send them. What just happened? (laughs) What what just happened? We were sitting here. We were learning some things. This lady got drug in by mean men. I kept trying to type men. And it kept coming up mean. And so I left it. Mean men. That's what they was, wasn't it? Those weren't hoity-toity, uh, moral, upstanding folks in the community. They're mean. Mean men. They got dealt with. Then they leave. And this woman is forgiven. She was given light to see. She was given eyes to see. She was given life. Right in front of their eyes. Right in front of their eyes. That's what happened. That's what had took place. How did this salvation come to be? Verse 12. This will be our text. John 8, verse 12. Then Jesus again, then spake Jesus again unto them. To who? The Pharisees that come accusing her? No, they left. They ain't there. Those that showed up early that morning at the temple. He was teaching... He dealt with the problem and he turned right back around and continued to teach. Then spake Jesus unto them again saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. that complicated? It's easy, short, syllabled words. There's two things. I was taught this my whole childhood. And I hope you young folks grow up remembering this. There's two things that's needed To see. Physically. There's two things that's needed to see. If we're going to see in this flesh, we're going to have to have eyes 
at work <laughs> to see something, ain't we? If we had eyes that were just 20-20, had perfect vision, but you were in complete darkness, you couldn't see. So we have to have eyes that work, living eyes that can see, and we have to be in light. You have to have light to see. Something has to illuminate what we can see, or we wouldn't see anything. we walk around. We need that to get around, to understand, to know what's around us. And this is just as true spiritually. The seeing eye comes from the Lord. He gives that. But Christ is the light. He illuminates everything. He gives us eyes to see, and He gives us something to see, and a means by which we do see. And He's the means. He's the one that provides it. He's the means. By Him, the light, we see what we truly are. We got sin. Well, I've committed sin. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. You ever just had your face in a pillow and it was soaking wet because you knew what you are before a holy God? He'll make us see that. He'll make us see what we are. And 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 it don't matter who's around, and we just assume nobody was, and we'll snot in our pillow. We'll know what sin we are. We'll see that. And we'll see who the great Godhead truly is. This God man that came. He is holy. Oh, man, it ain't pretend. And we can't even enter into what it is. He is perfect. Sin cannot be in His presence. He is just. And we see what our end is. Outside of His Son, outside of the substitution that God Himself provides, we're graveyard dead for eternity. And boy, you're going to moan. Gnashing of teeth, a worm that never dies. And people have all these cartoons that they spoil little children with and lie to them about God. Say, oh, there's a guy with a pitchfork and flames. It's going to be much worse than that. You're going to know of the Almighty God, man, who is holy, perfect, and just, a triune God, manifest in a body. You're going to know Him and see how He deserves to be loved and worshipped and honored, and then you're never going to be with Him. He says, depart from me. If you know anything about him, that's the worst thing that could happen. That's what Paul was getting at. That we see him truly. He's the light. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. A few pages there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. That's not hard, is it? Christ is the light of the world. The man's going to see eternity. The man's going to see Him in His holiness and be with Him throughout eternity. It's going to be in Christ. He's the one that does it. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. They have minds, they have eyes, don't they? Our Lord asked him that in Mark 8. He said, you got eyes, don't you see? You have ears, don't you hear? You got a mind. And he says, don't you remember? You've been instructed these things. Don't you remember? The lowercase God of this world is their God. They're just like Him. They are their own gods. 
That's how people are blinded to self, self, pride, arrogance, haughtiness, self. That's what David wrote about in Psalm 135. He said, the idols of the heathens are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. Look what I did. You know what I did? That's their God. They have mouths, but they speak not. What don't they speak of? God's grace. You don't hear about that. Well, you get a good message every now and then. Hogwash. They don't believe it or they'd preach it. Eyes they have, but they see not. They don't see Christ lifted up. They don't see Him worshipped. They don't see Him as He deserves to be worshipped. They have ears, but they hear not. They will not come and hear our Lord exalted because they're dead. There's no light in them. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. That's what it is to be blinded. And all that is playing religion. That's not drug pushers down on the bad side of town. That's people that wear ties and carry Bibles and, and, and open orphanages and, and have soup kitchens and they preach in the prisons and they have all these outreach ministries and all these things and they hand Bibles out to every motel you can find. Verse 4 says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That's his design, isn't it? Our great accuser, <laughs> that line that seeks whom he devours, whatever he can do to keep people away from Christ. Don't talk about that. Don't bring him up. Don't say anything about him. Do something else. Whatever. Uh, uh, camping. Uh, those jacks where you bounce the ball and scoop the things. I don't know. Whatever. Something. Not him. Paul says in verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine. <laughs> he commanded Christ to come. He commanded Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, the fulfillment of all things in Him. He commanded that out of darkness. He hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. What knowledge? Who we are, who He is, why we need Him, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He commands that light and we see His glory because light was commanded. His glory was commanded. He's going to exalt His Son. The Father is. The Son honored the Father in this earth. We're going to see that. We're going to see it. This is a word from our Lord about Himself. By Him saying He's the light of the world, that means there's no other light worth anything. All other light is excluded. This world does not have its own light. And no other light will do. Back in our text here in John 8. Verse 12 says, Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Now, here's a word to His people. Those listening to Him right then, those, those ones blessed of God to, to sit there and, and hear Him speak softly. And to us right now who have ears to hear Him. To us right now who have eyes to see Him in His light. And Jesus spake again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. 
What world? Jew, Gentile, bond, free, educated, uneducated. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Turn back to John 1, just a few pages. Our text says there that he shall have, his people shall have the light of life. Did you know that light and life are the same thing? To have light is to have life. That's where all of our life comes from. What if the sun turned off? The S-U-N. How long are we going to make it? It gives us heat. It gives us food. It gives us energy. It gives us everything. We have vitamin D. We make our bodies make it. Lord's designed us magnificently. We have to have the sun, S-U-N, to live. Light and life go hand in hand. We freeze to death, starve to death. We need the S-O-N is just the same. Christ the light and our eternal life have to go hand in hand. We have to have Him. Here in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. We're going to have eternal life. We're going to have Christ in us. Him abiding in us. Now this part here is unfortunate. Verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We need eyes and light. He has to give us eyes to see the light. And He has to give us light to see. We have to have ears to hear, and He has to give us a word. He has to speak comfort to our heart. We have to have a heart. Heart of flesh. Not an old stony heart. We have to have a heart that loves Him and believes Him, but He has to love us. He has to put that faith of Christ in us. Those go hand in hand. There in our text, He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We that follow Christ, we do not walk in darkness. We have the light of life. We have Christ. And in view of Him, just like that woman here that was caught in adultery, that he forgave. In, in, in view of Him, in the light of His light, <laughs> in light of His light, we see He is the Lord of creation. He's created all things. He's the Lord of providence. He rules and reigns over every molecule that's ever floated on this earth, ever. He's the Lord of salvation. If somebody's going to be saved, He's going to do all of it. They've been given faith to believe Him. Saving faith. He's the author and the finisher. Complete. Of judgment. When He judges, sin will not be swept underneath the rug. He's just and the justifier. This isn't pretend. This isn't as if you're saved. Not as if man fell in the garden. It will be dealt with. We'll stand alone. You have a hard time not paying attention that day. I care for your souls. People will make fun of us on this earth. People ridicule me, belittle me. I can't believe y'all down there having church services again. 
and they can ignore it. They can sleep through it. They can do anything they want. But they're only going to do it here. You ain't going to do it in hell. And we're convicted and we see in His light eternal glory. Him lifted up and us with Him. What is it to follow Christ? He said, He that followeth me. It means to commit ourselves entirely to Him. In totality to Him as our captain, as our head, as our Savior, as our Lord. I mean, just lock, stock, and barrel. That means that's people don't have guns anymore. That's the whole weapon assembly. <laughs> the totality of it. You turn yourself over to it. All of you to Him. Total commitment to His Word. Total commitment to His keeping hand. Total commitment to His promises. I made a promise. Who cares? He made a promise. That matters. That matters. What He says. It's submission in every matter. In practice, in practical things, Lord's right. He ain't lying to us. Let's do it. That's the easy part. It's submission to Him in doctrine. Well, I don't know about this. Well, I, He says it. I don't know. It don't have to. It's, it, it, I don't like that. You don't have to like it. He says so. That's it. In argument. There's no debate. In whatever. We submit to a person. To a person. I don't want to spoil it for you. You all heard a little bit of it. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. My, I just preached on that Saturday morning so it's fresh to me. In totality. Wherever God is, He's there in totality. In complete, completeness. He's everything to His people. He provides for it. He heals us. He keeps us. He sustains us. He leads us. He guides us. Everything. He's all. That's following. Following here is defined as to be in the same way and to accompany. Now the people that's following Christ, like those road to those two on the road to Emmaus, was they walking with Him? They were in agreement. Two that aren't in agreement can't, can't walk side by side, can they? There's an agreement. They're together. I like being around like-minded folks, do you? If you're following Christ, you follow together. You follow those that follow Him. My pastor followed the Lord because he was led by His hand. And you know what? He was made our pastor. And it was 700 miles that woman back there drove to go hear her pastor preach at a conference. Was there other pastors there? Yeah, there was, but mine was going to be there. I'd stay back and preach. She got to go. And she heard a message Thursday night and she drove 700 miles and Friday night she heard the same message, same text. She picks on him a little bit. It was special that day. Both days, wasn't it? Why? As accompanying one another, following one another, walking together with the Lord. End up in the same place, won't you? To follow Christ is to be one with Him. To believe Him, to have Him abiding in you and that is all His doing. I've been following the Lord, believing Him for several decades now. I followed Him last week. I followed Him this morning. I followed Him at lunch today while I didn't have a message and I was begging to God for your souls that I would have something for you that God might turn the lights on unless you see something. I hope I'm following Him right now. And by His grace, I'll follow Him tomorrow. I'll believe Him tomorrow. I'll rely on Him tomorrow. He'll be my all in all tomorrow by His grace as He sees fit. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. 
If you follow someone, you walk with them. Noah walked with God. That means you go where they go. The speed that they choose and their destination is your destination. We followed the Spirit into the depths of our sin and our depravity. We saw what we were. Then we followed the Lord to the base of His glorious throne where His feet were and we begged for mercy. We believed, we followed in that calling out of mercy. And we shall. We shall not walk after darkness, not now, not ever. But we shall have the light of life. We'll have Him forever. That's what the children of Israel followed that cloud by day. And they followed the fire by night. It says there in Exodus 13, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way. And by night a pillar of fire to give them light. Give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day. Nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He didn't take them away. He leads His people. He guides them. By His clouds and His light. And what, Is that complicated? Is that, is that real hard? Israel, a couple million folks. Pack your stuff up, clouds moving. We go where the cloud is. Well, the cloud stopped. Unpack the camels, set the tents up. Get you, fix you some dinner, go to sleep, wake up next morning. Oh, the cloud's moving. Pack the stuff up. Hang over. You start talking to someone about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, about forgiveness in His blood, about His effectual atonement, His everlasting Love, no matter what. Believing Him, following Him in complete and total submission. And you'll quickly see the darkness of this world. It's a sad thing. You'll quickly see the lack of illumination. It's prevalent. Those that are in darkness, that's the majority of the world. They do not have light on the value of their souls. That it's eternal that they have no value of themselves. They have no price to bring. Throughout, that's important. Throughout the Scriptures, the Lord talks about the value of a soul. He? And He said, What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Hmm. They don't understand or bow to the true nature of God. His character. Who He is. All of a sudden, this, this ain't playtime no more. It's serious, isn't it? I know Him. He loves me. I love Him but I don't take that lightly. They don't understand or have light on the reality of the world to come. They may be religious, but they're in darkness. They may have a zeal for God. They're in darkness. They may know the Scriptures. They quoted them to our Lord who wrote the Scriptures. But they're in darkness. Might be some of the best people you've ever met in your life. Do you understand that? I mean moral, kind Upstanding citizens, hardworking, diligent people. That's just solid. Oh, I just love them to death. They're in darkness. Total ignorance of who they are, who God is, and what's to come. That doesn't make me arrogant. That doesn't make me puffed up, look down my nose at somebody. That makes me want to do anything I can to tell people who God is. To tell people how Christ saved sinners. Verse 12, Then Jesus spake again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
The Pharisees therefore said unto him, not those ones that brought the woman. These are some other ones that were there. Lying in wait. <laughs> those listening to find a fault. Those listening to trip him up in his words. You said that wrong. <laughs> I got you. Those Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. They're budding the words of the Lord instead of bowing to the words of the Lord. They're experts. You know that? You ain't going to tell me nothing wrong. They want A fool, I know some fools, a fool won't take the witness of seven faithful men. That's what Solomon said, wasn't it? Seven people come up to you and say, don't do that. I you may want to quit. Knock it off. Knock it off. That's just good sense. <laughs> they knew something. They knew something. I got an email. I was invited to a, a lunch. They said it's free admission, free lunch, and a free book. I was like, you can keep all three. <laughs> There's a keynote speaker there, Dr. So-and-so. And you know what his titles were? One of the first was a doctor, his name. He was an author, debater, New Testament Greek scholar, conference speaker, member of a pastoral team at some church. Professor of apologetics and church history at another church that's several state away. How does he get back and forth? Sounds like he can't hold a job. And co-founder, director, and apologist. I got to thinking, you know, I don't want to go lunch with this guy. Does he know God? If that's one of my brethren, if that's somebody that knows God and follows God, I want to be with them. I want to go, go talk to them, get to know them. We gotta meet some brethren we've never met before this weekend. I love that. I got emails today. <laughs> hey, we're invited to their home on the other side of the, the other side of the states. An apologist. An apologist is a defend, a defender of something controversial. And I'm not an apologist. I don't defend something that's controversial. Man's controversial. The gospel's not. We take offense to it. This is wonderful. This is good news. It's simple good news. Mankind's what has a problem with it. Our old nature's what has a problem with it. But they got it. Got him. I said, you bear witness of yourself. Your record's not true. He said back in John 5, he said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Well, which is it? You getting spun up over the stumbling stones on the way to the city of refuge? Because you're a scholar? Maybe you ought to understand God first before you go speaking. Verse 14, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but you cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. He's the only man that's ever walked this earth that could say that. The only one. Though I bear record of myself, my record is true. He's his own witness. Isn't that true? If the only word you had to go on is what Christ said, is that Will that sustain you for eternity? That's it, isn't it? If you know Him, if you know Him, you'll know that's so. He said, you judge after the flesh. I judge no man. Oh, that I could have that heart. Oh, that I could have the heart, the people that, that fight me, and, and not judge them, just preach to them. Before He's instructing as a man. Now He's Almighty God speaking to him. I'm the light of the world. They didn't have that understanding. And he says, you know what? I don't judge you. You're looking on the flesh. Now, there'll come a time when he will judge. He was there to be about his father's business. He was there to accomplish something for his people. And he says, I don't judge you. Oh, if I could be about my father's business. Y'all pray for me. Pray for me that those that just ignore me, uh, hate me, 
put me in the dirt and support others that ought not be supported or, or mock me or whatever, then I don't judge them. And I just keep on preaching. I just get up and tell them who Christ is one more time. He said, and yet if I judge, my judgment's true. Mine ain't. His is. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. They're one. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bears witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. You have the Father and the Son bearing witness right in front of you. If that ain't enough for you, there's no satisfaction in your souls. Then said they unto them, Where is thy Father? They're not asking Him, Where is the Heavenly Father? They're sick because they know Him, right? Where's Joseph? Where's your daddy? Is he up building a house? Get him over here. That's what they're asking. Fools. Fools. They don't see. Their eyes are closed. That was the Three Stooges, wasn't it? I can't see. I can't see. Open your eyes. <laughs> the lights are on. He has to do that. They said, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me, neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. You'll know that they're one. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands on him for his hour was not yet come. Do you know why no man laid hands on him? Why that's recorded? They wanted to lay hands on him. You ain't going to tell me these things. We know him. He's revealed himself to us. He is as he said he is. He is who he said he is. And we know who we are. Who Christ is. And we know what's to come. We know what's to come. We who have life shed abroad in our heart. To have light shed abroad in us. We don't grope around. We don't flounder around in darkness. We don't have all of our dealings in doubt and despair. We see. We're not blind leaders of the blind. We see. He's gave us light. Gave us eyes. And as we look to Christ our light, we don't fumble. As we look to Him, we don't stumble around. We don't doubt. We don't despair because we know Him and we have the light of life and we know I know so. As we look to ourselves in this body of darkness and death, we fear, we struggle, and we stumble around, and we get just so grabbed to hold this earth. We can't shake it, and that's all we can talk about. All oh, that He'd turn us to Him. He'd shed His light in our eyes that He's given, make us be focused on Him. And make and declare in our hearts that Fear not. <laughs> Till the end. Till the end. If He's done the work, He'll finish it. If He's done the work, He will keep them to the end. I've never experienced dying grace. I haven't needed it yet. I'm still here. Death isn't on my doorstep. And I can't speak for all, but those who I know that left this world at peace, they weren't grabbing the gurney. They weren't fretting trying their best to stay alive. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! God sustained His children to be faithful to the end, looking to Him. And they were in total submission. This is fine. Now they might have, I'll holler against the pain. <laughs> I don't want that part. But to leaving this earth, 
I know him. He has made a covenant with me. And I'm going to him. Now that, that'll give you some peace on that deathbed, won't it? To go to him. You're just going home is all it is. He promises in the scripture and he promises in our hearts what he has done. That sheds a whole lot of light on, on things, doesn't it? I hope that's a blessing to you. Let's pray together. Father, forgive us for our disobedience, our ignorance, our pride that keeps us from looking to your Son. Lord, know, you know our frame. Make us know our frame. Make us know what this world is. Nothing. Vanity. Keep our eyes fixed on Him. Lord, allow us to see Christ and follow Him. Have Him lead us by the hand and let us follow Him. Forgive us for what we are. Lord, be with your people everywhere. Those that you've sent heavy trial, give them comfort to know they have life. They have life. Lord, what the life that you give ain't going nowhere. Allow them to see that and allow them to be encouragements to their family and those around them in this dark world that Christ's words are true. Be with us as you promised you would be, Lord. Give us peace. Speak that comfort to our hearts. And that's solely on the merit of your Son because of who He is and what He's done for us that we petition these things, Lord. Amen.